Oh, yeah. There we go. It's episode 99. Dominic Tommaso. Dom Tomato. He's an amazing and incredible celebrated parkour legend. You know him. Um, It was great to catch up with him. We haven't spoken in years. Last time was on an NEPC broadcast. And, you know, as much as I follow and, and love his movement, it was just always, it's always more enjoyable when you get to know the person a little more. So I hope you guys get to enjoy this as I did and getting to know Dom a little more. We talk about that Capstone project, obviously, that just came out that was such a uh, huge impact on the community. And then just, uh, you know, a little bit of everything else. So much love to Dom for being a part of this episode and you guys for listening. Check out the links for everything else. I'll see you at the end of the episode real quick. Thanks for coming on and doing this with me, Jim. No, of course, man. I actually been looking forward to it. I like, I love podcasts and and catching up and and just chatting, but I just, I'm really bad at time management. (laughs) (laughs) I figured you probably are really busy, you know? I mean, well, it's not as busy as you think. Like most, like 300 days of the year, I just wake up, have the morning, <laughs> go training, maybe have a break in the middle of the day now, and then go back in the evening and do some like golden hour shit. But it's all like self run as well. So I don't really have to do too much that I don't want to do. Well, that's, see, that's perfect, man. You got the, you got the bright setup, then it sounds like. Yeah, I definitely strived for that when I was like trying <laughs> to launch everything. I was like, you know what? This is like, I really, the goal is to be paid to train every day. Mm. Like that's my, I didn't want to like do a professional, do shoots or do shows. I just wanted to train every day. And that was like, so I just worked whatever, <laughs> whatever worked out to be that I was just doing that. Is that <laughs> kind of how you did it? Len? you're like, is this training every day or is this something else? And then you just moved in that direction consistently or what? Um, I, I just always enjoy like going out and jam with the community the most mm. out of all like the kind of, ways to practice and showcasing it is always just yeah filming it and putting it online that was even when i started in like 2007 that was what i did i just filmed it documented (laughs) it put it together to music and then whacked it online and so that's always been like the natural uh output source for me and so then when that became like an option with social media and that sort of thing i think i took to that more naturally yeah well how does that how i mean if you don't mind my asking how does that actually equate to income i mean do you well Interestingly enough, it didn't equate to income <laughs> for the last like seven years. So um, up until I had a million followers, I wasn't earning any money directly from Instagram. Um, mm. They've instigate, inst- instigated, inst- they've installed a new software now where you can earn uh, money from IGTV, which they're like trialing. Oh, okay. Um, but other than that, yeah, I don't earn a dime directly from Instagram. I mean, I, as you probably can tell, I don't do many paid posts. All my posts are training. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I, that's why I was curious about it. Yeah. So uh, the ways I, I like got the the training everyday thing was through sponsorship. So mm-hmm. the first sponsorship I had uh, like officially was with Apes, the gym. And they basically were like, but, you know, the gym wasn't making incredible amounts of money either. Mm. They just thought that, you know, the return for promotional purposes and I was teaching at the gym once a week as well was like uh, a, a fair trade off there. So I was posting every day wearing uh, Apes content and I think three or four posts a week mm-hmm. and like um, just, you know, doing everything I could to channel traffic through back to their the gym and that sort of thing. And they were paying my base like rent per week. Like literally, I think <laughs> I paid 
I think at the time it was $150 per week I was paying rent and they paid me $200. And that's all I lived off <laughs> for a very long time. Wow. But then those other 60 days are always made up of like, um, what I say, like opportunities to do really cool things with like work. So now that's more uh, designated the sponsorship run with Red Bull. Mm. But back in the day, it was like commercial work or shows or motion capture stuff would come up you know, once a month or something like yeah. that. And that would be like, just enough ooh, to, hold. Money to, to live with. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing, man, that you've transitioned through. And now what is it like? Because I think mo uh, there's a good amount of people that have had the experience of kind of entering into those little stages you're talking about and like coaching and maybe trying to scrape by. And, and then, you know, a lot of us get pulled in different directions, but now how is it transitioned so that you're, you know, in a different phase? Well, so this, uh, yeah, interestingly enough, the transition I think only happened really recently yeah, well, where I was able to get my head above water um, with like the base financial income. So until this year, I was earning less than what you would earn from government pay. Wow. Doing free running. <laughs> and I was just like making it work. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like I was below the tax free threshold for everything in Australia. I was oh, like, wow. yeah, I just didn't make uh, much money. But then uh, I got pay rises from sponsors, which was, uh, you know, a substantial amount as well, which meant that then my base salary is high enough to kind of get by. Mm. Um, and then uh, now I can afford to like pay for an apartment back in Sydney. So mm. I'm actually paying rent for an apartment back there. And then I have some friends staying there occasionally and, you know, chip in and that sort of thing. But it's really uh, the first year that I've had, I guess, financial independence and I haven't had to like hit zero repetitively <laughs> and wait for that next paycheck. <laughs> Wow. So that's maybe, is that, is that at all in conjunction? Because there's certainly a little bit of a spur, it seems like from you lately and this year of you just like, I mean, you are always going gas, 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 mm -hmm. like as, as you like to say, and like, you're just very, you're always like impressive in the amount of content you put out and the way you push the sport and the way you push yourself. But it seems like as of late, it's even taken another level. And maybe that's because COVID's opening up, but also maybe there's some of the stability. Is that helping? Stability definitely, definitely helps um, when, you know, especially like, I'm not going to go into too many details personally about sure. it, but like I was able to make some changes in my life that really alleviate, alleviated the stress that I was going through. Mm. Um, and yeah, you, you're definitely right. In, in a way, I looked back at the last like three to five years of training and I had this weird theory about like every athlete I know that I've trained with, you know, three years ago to now, they're much better athletes. They're more skilled, their, you know, techniques higher, their output's better. Oh, sorry, their output's not better. That's the only thing is a lot of people mm. would be considered to have peaked years ago because of the higher output. Mm. And being in Australia definitely caps some of that for me. Like the travel is something that really unlocks the hunger and the, the potential for me. I think being around other athletes who can see things and give me the ideas to kind of do, like I can be the body to kind of do that idea really helps but um i just look back at like my show reels from each year and i was like for me 2018 was the heaviest hitting year out of all of those years not only in like viewership from the video but the way i look at the video as a total package i was like that seems to be like the year of like peak output mm. not necessarily peak physicality i'm definitely more skilled in my techniques better years later but the output was there so this year i decided i'm like my whole journey is to beat 2018 dom <laughs> that's a tough that's a tough boss i mean that's, that's when you're uh that's when you know you've gotten to a new era like it's just like the only well, i mean you're always your best competition i'd say and your worst competition right in your mind and, and yeah. all this so um 
that's awesome. That's cool that that's the way you're thinking of it, though. So but yeah, that's, I would uh, the say best you're way on track. Layman's terms, <laughs> but I'm never really satisfied with where I'm at. I'm always trying to yeah just progress. I think that because it's there's so many things within the sport that I fucking suck at, man. Like <laughs> <laughs> there's just I happen to be good at things that are really sellable online. But if we get down to like the crunchy gritty bits of the sport, I need to like I always need to work and I always need to train. And that's what's really fun about it for me is there's an endless progression chain to like awareness and physicality. Yeah, I think that's one of the most admirable things to watch about you is that you you totally take on even the things that maybe you're not so good at. And it opens up, not that like, you know, whatever, but just no, like that's how I see you become well. good like, at them. You become good at them. And then you push people, like even if you're not the twisty guy, now you're doing 720 pre's across or strides across graphs and things that are like, well, no one was even really doing that. I mean, I'm sure mm -hmm. there was maybe a few like double, but it's just that's one of the things that's just so admirable i think and and just amazing to watch is just part of your 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 strategy seems to be like i'm not gonna sh back down or shy away from any any type of movement and yeah you haven't really well, it's limited all yourself. fascinating to me yeah it's, it's it's all really like like i'm so inspired by so many different athletes in the scene because there's yeah like the the reason i'm started really doing those 720s and showcasing them more is because I saw Matteo PK mm. and him and I have almost been like training together. So he'll send me them before he posts them and I'll send them before <laughs> I post them to him to be like, bro, Chicks, I did a new one. And like <laughs> that kind of camaraderie and like almost ability to train correspondently as opposed to like being able to catch up mm. has been really beneficial during COVID, like with yarn and dive rolls. Oh my God, yeah. Bond, we bonded over dive rolls and like <laughs> he's been pushing me to do more and that sort of thing. And it's just, yeah, like there's, there is like with COVID, you know, things that got lost, but there's also things that have been gained with that where you can almost have like a training partner for a move. And mm. I just like, if I do something where I was inspired by an athlete, I generally send it to them. Like Matt McCreary has been a huge mm. influence on my movement because it's so diverse. And yeah. I'm, I know to myself that I'm quite linear. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, I think in some ways, at least. <laughs> I'm trying to expand as well. Um, that's great, man. That, I think that's like, for me, I've, I've not been able to pay as close attention as sometimes I would have wanted to, to some of these, to Matt McCreary and to Jan and some of these other guys, because, um, you know, just, it's a lot to stay in it sometimes, but I love that you're taking the advantage and not even advantage, but just like you're, you're like you said, you're like, who's that guy doing it this, I'm going to help him push me with that. And I'm going to help, we're going to work together on this move. And that's a really yeah. good strategy. That's a really, um, high leveraging use of social media these days to to and the For community sure. so that's awesome yeah i think it's it's interesting as you said it is hard to to keep your ear to the ground community wise like mm. i'm i actually do like put in work to like look for up and coming athletes mm. and make sure i'm like interacting and supporting with people that are doing good things within the sport and that sort of thing like it is a conscious effort because i want them to feel the support that i felt from other like peers and athletes when I was coming up as well. Like, yeah, like absolutely. I don't even see myself as come up. Like I still, it's always coming up, right? <laughs> yeah. But the idea is like, you know, I, I have an understanding of the, the influence side of things. I'm not like ignorant to that. I don't like to put myself in that position. Like mm. those people are all just my friends and I'm just making new friends through the sport in, yeah. in that sense. But I know that a show of support can really make a difference, you know, like just that sort of uh, like, uh, like Jason, for example, was someone for me who just gave me that attention and gave me that respect that mm. then I was, I uh, felt more confident to push myself.
True. Yeah. No, I think we all have felt it in the sport, in the community, one way or another from each other is, uh, yeah, that it helps a lot. It really goes a long way, like you're saying, um, much further than, than sometimes you think. Um, I wanted to ask, there's a story that's been lingering in my mind. I'm not sure where I heard it, but it was like about your ankle being destroyed before some like old ice skating competition. And your coach was just like, you're going in anyways. And you're doing, Oh uh, yes. It wasn't and, a competition. Oh, okay. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so I was, I was 17. I'd found parkour. I was mm -hmm. training parkour on the weekend, but I was also still doing uh high level competitive pairs, ice skating. Okay. So it wasn't solo. I did have a partner who was also like, you know, dependent on me for, for all of the, the skating. Um, and I rolled my ankle. It was like double the size. Mm. Classic early parkour ankle <laughs> roll. And I just called my coach the night before the session. I was like, hey, I'm not going to come in. Like, I've hurt my ankle. He's like, no, no, you will come. I'm like, Andre, I'm, I've hurt my ankle. I can't come. He's like, no, no, you will be at the session. We have we have practice, 5.30. I was like, oh, I, I can't come. And so we went back and forth for like three minutes. And then, like, neither of us kind of gave way. So I just hung up. Like, I was like, fuck <laughs> it. I've said to him I'm not coming. And then, yeah, uh, we lived very close to the ice rink. So at 5. Uh, 45 the next morning when I didn't show up he comes to the door like doof, doof, doof. Dominic where are you come outside now blah 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 he like makes me put my ankle up he looks at it, he's like this is nothing you will be in the car in one minute I'm like crying and shit going to the ice <laughs> ring but then this is where like the kind of lesson of it all was was then on the ice because my boot was like ankle high and I'm strapped in mm. I actually had one of the best training sessions I don't know if it was like pure motivation or whatever but I actually had an amazing training session on the ice and I was like you know, not immediately, but like, you know, months later or years later, I kind of was like, fuck, he was so right. Like the, the limit of what I thought I could do mm. was past, like, you know, past the, past that point. Like I, I, I thought I would have to stop here, mm. but this threshold exists of continuing on without doing damage or anything like that. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that, that story stood out so much to me because it's so telling, I think of maybe not, but I read it as like, wow, you clearly ran with that. It seems like to me. In just like this idea of like where everyone thought you would stop where everyone thought you should stop or could or have to stop even is clearly not there and you're still taking it from me you posted one today that was ridiculous like this front flip from seven meters or whatever oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah and just like uh, is that something that like does it harken back to some of those moments do you have more moments like that I'm, I'm just curious about like what it is that you think that other people like what stands in the way of them taking on these huge challenges, these seemingly big, you know, high levels of impact that seem just impossible. Is there something that you're seeing? Cause I think also what's interesting is you sort of have this protege now in, in Kidori who's, who's, yeah. who's, you know, clearly studied under you in some way and clearly has taken his training to a very similar, like, awe-inspiring like jaw-dropping levels of absorption of impact mm -hmm. and airtime and so i'm just curious like what that if you could just speak on like what it is that you guys feel like you've unlocked that allows access to that kind of impact and is it a mindset thing is it just physical is it what is it so it's it's definitely a combination of both things like michael is one of the most rawly talented athletes that I've seen when it comes to absorbing impact. Like even when we first started, his capacity to take drops was very high for mm -hmm. somebody who'd been training as long as he had. Um, he comes from a background of like uh, high level skiing, but not skiing. I can never remember the fucking name of it. Telemarking. Oh, okay. Like Ooh. Down, no wonder down his knees really are so low. strong. <laughs> his lower squat strength and his lower posterior chain ability is really high. Uh. And I think more so with him, and this is where we'll answer the question is, 
when he started training with me, we just really wanted to work on like his, he, he asked me, but together we want to work on unlocking his like mental capacity for things. So his mm -hmm. ability to go, okay, I'm this strong, I'm this fit. It's just fucking scary. I've done the technique before. It's just scary and breaking that mental barrier. And there was, there was sessions where we would do the same challenge, but he would spend like 30, 40 minutes at the top of the jump and just couldn't come, overcome that fear until like that final moment. And then almost would be dissatisfied with mm. the jump. But it is just rehearsal. And we like, we trained almost every day for two years together. Mm. And now he's doing things I couldn't even like fathom, like the downwards arm jumps and some of the drops. I'm just like, I, I, I can't even claim that. Like that's, he, he's yeah. a very, very driven person. Yeah. Um, but it is really a, like a mental capacity and attitude to, as you said, like, that's not the limit. Mm. But like, uh, I think more so not, not thinking itself as like breaking limitations, but thinking that things are conceivable if you can break down the logic, mm. right? So like both him and I know how to disperse impact in different ways and how to absorb impact. And we've done a lot of conditioning doing medium sized impacts that aren't the things that are showcased online. Mm. So, you know, even during the day of training, we'll be spending a lot of time working on not just like quantity of, of doing jumps and making sure that we've got correct technique at a medium size, but also like talking a lot about the kind of theoretical concepts of impact absorption, where you can fall, where you can lie, like jumping into those bark piles that you see is totally different to uh, jumping onto grass or jumping onto concrete. There's like a different technique that's used with those things. And I think simply by being together and able to kind of bounce those ideas and knowledge of each other, we've both been able to improve the capacity for that. Mm. Love it. Yeah. But it is just like a, a self-confidence thing, knowing like self-belief more than it is like pushing a certain limitation. I think if you get up in your head about like um, before and after about like, this is going to be a historic jump or like, mm -hmm. like, this is going to be groundbreaking or this is going to be revolutionary or if i fuck up i won't be able to train for this reason you got that all that stuff has to go to the side and you just think about it uh, as another jump like mm. yeah there was one i can't remember specifically what jump it was but i was i was, I was really nervous to do it it was like a side precision or a, a con front pre and we we're at the top of the jump michael just goes it's just the same as any other con front pre and i was like it is it is like i think it was the capstone one it oh, was really? just like wow it was like the we because we train together for so long we just logic shit down to like don't don't get in your head about this being the biggest one you've done don't get in the head about it being you know like a scary consequential jump or whatever just think about i've done 100 con front pre's and 99 of them have worked why would this one not work like you've learned all the lessons along why wouldn't this one work and then it's just, yeah, trusting that instinct, I guess. True, truth, truth. Yeah, it's hard to explain, right? And it, but you did a really good job there. It's just like, I, you know, it's incredible. The capstone one, for example, I mean, it, it in fact was, you said, probably the biggest one you've ever done. Um, and mm -hmm. it is just another jump. And I mean, let's talk about capstone for a minute because obviously that yeah, project sure, was man. just. Fucking, <laughs> I'm ecstatic about it. Yeah. It's a, it's a launch for the clothing brand, but, um, you know, Sam, Justin and Phil, who are all invested in the project, uh, mm -hmm. from the actual clothing side are all personal friends of mine who I've known for years and, you know, to, to be a part of something so special was really an honor. Yeah. 
Yeah, could you lay out before we get into the video because the video is amazing and obviously I mean, it's so interesting too because like I was so excited and it's so it's such a huge payoff because Capstone's been building for so long as well. And this is yeah. like this is the inaugural well, I, video. They spoke to me about it 3 years ago. Yeah. It was a I mean, in their eye like it wasn't even <laughs> a, a conceivable thing and they were just like, "Yeah, we've got this idea mm. to start a new clothing company and and do it differently to what the usual like kind of system of releases yeah and you know i don't want i don't know the extra like the organization like how could you could you talk about more about what what that a different idea is like how it's different wh how so, that kind of came to be and how you got involved um so they they spoke to me very early on about their idea and obviously um i think at the time they were even asking if i wanted to be involved in the you know the technical side of the business and i I've always staved away from that personally. I said, just put me on like <laughs> media and marketing. Like just, I'll come do jumps and I'll promote the shit out of it. Cause like, you know, I love you guys and it'd be awesome to, and to this see was Justin, Sam and Phil. Those are the three yeah. that yeah, Sam Carter and Justin Louis from Melbourne mm -hmm. and uh, Phil Doyle are the, the people that I'm aware of that uh, kind of have the baby and the capstone is their, their thing. But the reason they want to remain you know, less uh, known or more anonymous is because Capstone isn't meant to be a specific team mm -hmm. or it's not meant to be made up of specific people. They want to almost like, uh, I guess, Thrash is a bad comparison, but they want to uh, support athletes who want to push boundaries and their limits and, uh, you know, basically give them the opportunity to represent the brand while, you know, doing what they love within the sport. And that's like the most admirable thing about when I worked with the the project is they literally, they, they flew me in and I stayed with my friend uh, who was in the same city. And then it was all like down to mine and Kadori's like motivation call, like what we wanted to do. Mm. They facilitated and, uh, you know, even to the point where like, you see the removing of the bike rack for the dive yeah. roll. Yeah. Like I was like, I'm just going to run up on the side here, guys. I'm like, no, we can unscrew it and put it back. Like it's not... <laughs> You know, they're going the extra mile to add that level of comfortability and mm. authenticity to to the the tricks and the stunts because we uh, originally I went to Melbourne to do a fashion show and this is when they had kind of now made progress. They had some samples made. They are uh, you know were were making action towards pushing the video for the next month, like pushing shooting for the next month. And so I just happened to be in Melbourne mm. and uh, we we shot like uh, a couple of days of footage just kind of talking about the idea. And uh, we got three clips from that. Uh, was, I think we got the three clips in one day on like the final day wow. of me being there. And that really like set the taste and the, and the tone for the video. Um, there was uh, Sam doing the hurdle uh, mm. over the driveway onto like the ledge next to the wall. Mm. And then when he did that, I was like, I remember like I was sitting there and he was preparing for like, uh, you know, for maybe five, 10 minutes. And I got up to look at it from one side. And he's like, don't fuck off. Cause he knew like I was, <laughs> when I'm sitting there analyzing someone's setup, it's doing the work for me. You're doing all of the math. Yeah. So if you get comfortable, then I'm going to be ready too. So <laughs> he was like, don't sit out. I was like, okay. So I've been looking at it for like three months, man. I got this. <laughs> so he did it. And then I did the hurdle after. And then I was like, guys, I think I can side flip it. And um, it didn't really take that long, and it all went really to plan, and every, it just intuitively felt like the right the right thing. You know, you kind of get to a journey like, okay, this is gonna work. I don't like. It <laughs> seems like it's a bad idea, but this is gonna gonna work for sure. And so I did that, and then 
um, Justin, like 20 minutes later, did the big arm jump across the driveway where he falls down oh, and yeah. I'm like laughing. Yeah. And um, there's like a little <laughs> shoulder like, pop out of like, it. Yeah. Yeah. He like flicks his hair out. <laughs> He's the coolest guy, man. Like very, very um, stoic, chill individual. I idolize to be that cool one day. <laughs> yeah. He does have that presence about him. I've never met him, but I've, I've been paying attention to to his movement and his personality in his videos for a while. So Definitely it's like the most uh, like old school rock and roll vibes. <laughs> yeah. Ever met the <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a. I'd, I'd love to go to Australia one day and, and just get to tour it for a little while because I don't even know what cities everyone's in, but it's gonna happen. We'd be happy to have you. It'd be uh, it'd be great to. We love having international free runners because you know we're just not from like <laughs> we're from really far away, so yeah, <laughs> we want people to come. Totally. But um, yeah, that kind of set pace, I guess. Then, like level wise, we're like okay. This is what we're trying to hit. And then uh, Kadori and I like organized with them to do 10 days in Adelaide before they did what was going to be 10 days in Brisbane with the twins, but they ended up shooting for an additional 40 days. Oh, wow. So project shot over 50 days. Uh, um, yeah, I was only there for the first 10. So everything you saw from me <laughs> was in the first 10 days, and then they shot the rest for the, the yeah, 40 days, something like that. Crazy. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's an incredible it's an incredible landmark video obviously like um the anticipation is high for the next one already you know just like what do you know anything about like how uh how everyone feels about the project like what is it next what's next for capstone i mean it's capstone australia so yes. that like calls into questions like what's the next one is it like another country another yeah. continent what is it going to be i can give away i think the next one won't be in australia okay that's that's fair uh, i think yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um but there'll be some BTS stuff coming from the project on the YouTube channel, as far as I know, mm. um, definitely on the Instagram, uh, where they're going to kind of just showcase like some of the work up, some of the jumps and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, yeah, I know that they're, they're planning to shoot the next project over the next couple of months. Wow. So it should, should be pretty good. <laughs> it should be <laughs> like the, the thing with um, Capstone, I think is that, it's really about trying to push the standard of, of what you can do as a person. Like mm. where, like it's really about that, that self level. Uh, and like, if you notice, Justin actually didn't make anything in the video. Yeah. I noticed he that. He pulled onto a single arm jump and he didn't <laughs> make a single decision. He fucking. And I don't know out. how early that savage shinner happened, but, uh, uh, middle, middle to middle to end of the shoot. Like, know you know, that, second that must half. have taken him out um, for pretty much the rest of it. I would imagine. Yeah. It took six weeks to recover. He had like a knuckle sized shinning and they had to do skin grafts and that sort of thing. Like it was a proper, like one of those high grade shinnings. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, that Blasted was like marble layer. edge, right? That he was, or some mm -hmm. kind of like granite, so like hard rock yeah, edge. Like a 16 foot ply or something as well. Like it's and he so slipped fun. a little, right? I mean, I saw in the comments, it sounds like he just didn't get enough purchase on that corner. Yeah. And so, so he just, I think one his... toe made it nicely. The mm -hmm. other toe didn't make it nicely yeah. enough flicked out under which then you can't yeah. hold that much on one leg no. and then the other shin just collected the wall on the way oh, through man. that was brutal <laughs> yeah savage man they like i mean uh, in a way i'm really glad they didn't show the hole because it was they like, did on one great. of the instagram posts or something yeah it wasn't in the video yeah. but i caught a glimpse of it and i was like <laughs> yeah proper like you yeah know. it was um, but I think it was a smart move because you're not going to get demonetized if you don't have a gaping shin hole. Oh yeah, jeez, I don't even. Blocked anyway, like bloody <laughs> fucking tissue. Then, then, whatever. I will. <laughs> whoever, whoever these 
I imagine they're in suits, but I don't know. They might not be in suits. They might have been hoodies and sweatshirts, but they're just, they're still making rules. I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. This is too much. Uh, <laughs> just like, I want like, let me see what I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> let me see. Let me choose, you know, at least the level of things that I want to see. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, let's see. I mean, yeah, that, I mean, you just, you've been doing so much. It's kind of like, I, <laughs> the, you know, the Hazal and you like duo Red Bull video came out, um, just recently, obviously got Red Bull coming up tomorrow. Yeah. And like, <laughs> that is going to be something special, man. Oh, it always um, is. I think like the, the athlete lineup for the course selection this year is actually fantastic. Mm. Um, like it's from, you know, reviews from people that I've been talking to and also just uh, observation. It's quite a compact course. Um, and so, you know, there's going to be a lot of athletes who thrive in the, the flow state or like, you know, the sense of use of course, because they're used to working in those uh, gyms or setups, you know, mm. Like, I think we're going to see someone like Archie or someone like Christian really excel simply because most of their training is done on park or park setups or, you know, those mm -hmm. little areas that yeah. fit free running lines well. Um, obviously, Ellis Torhall, I think, is going to stand out because it's Ellis. Uh, and the way, the style that he trains with compact movement like that really fits uh, the course as well, the course design. Mm. Um, I have heard there's high chance of fall-ins, so that's good. <laughs> I love to see a few splashes. Yeah, me too. Always. <laughs> you got any uh, hot favorites or people you're excited to watch? Um, I don't know. I don't have any favorites because I have I haven't like actually gotten a chance to look at the course. Like it sounds like, or really get a feel for it, what it is, and like I just know it's on a boat is what I heard, and I'm just like that's remarkable. So there's two boats. There's two there's boats. At least two boats. Um, mm -hmm. and they're like kind of spread like, uh, like this. Mm. So you run along one and then you jump across to the other, which the gap moves with the tide. So you might have a really oh, big gap or you might have a small gap. Apparently. That is some ledge. This is going to be fun. I'll, I don't even really care. Like I just, I, I, I mean, I'm always excited to see, see, I'm a little bit like uh, behind the times, like I've been saying. So like I haven't been, I haven't paid enough attention to know what Ellis and, you know, Archie and some of these guys that are newer, but not new to the scene are going to do. So, you know, I'm, uh, I'm definitely. I mean, my 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 favorites are still Ed and Verky. Yeah, just I'm was, most excited to see them. I, when I saw Verky got in, I was like, it's going to be pretty wild because Ed and Ed and him are always going to play off each other. It seems like, and yeah, mm -hmm. I'm excited to watch Ed always. Um, I know you guys have a little friendly battle going on, so he wants to probably bump. pump. <laughs> no, it's mostly just shit talking. <laughs> about, like, I think when I think like straight away when it happened, I messaged him like you you dirty cut you stole my title or some <laughs> shit like i just i don't know we just got into it and then like he's just been playing off the banter backwards and, it, and it's really nice because um it is a kind of like a friend like there's no competitiveness to it but it's like a friendly competition where both of us get to push ourselves for some prize that doesn't really matter it's just a yeah peer, yeah exactly like, you know a peer award and you know <laughs> i'm just i just want to i just want to be cool in star's eyes man if that's <laughs> like if they just tell me I'm cool in the Star Awards this year, like, well, we think you're cool. I'll be so happy. Like, cool, that's right. You know, I don't even need an award. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we'll all take that. I think. Oh man, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to watch it. That's for sure. I might do a live companion, just like watch it and podcast as I watch it, just to like, yeah, just yeah, for my phone, for my own self. Maybe back. with Max. Max is out here, and uh, we might watch it together. But, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna watch it with some of the local guys here. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just exciting to see everything come back, especially that that format sounds like it's really quite different than ever before. And, mm. uh, you know, it's interesting because, like you said, you don't have you kind of have 
every style, but also you shine brightest when you're, um, when you're not in that kind of setting, probably where it's like built up and there's lots of things that yeah. are like, yeah, yeah. so it's I interesting. I find that quite difficult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, me too, to be fair. And like, I don't know what it is. If I like, I just, I use, uh, I don't know what it is actually. Do you know what I it is? I think you like running. You like yeah. running and run ups. And I also <laughs> like running and run ups. And so that really negates like the yeah. bang, bang, bang flow plyometric style. Yeah. Yeah. Vaulting and that sort of thing. Like I do like to try and use, my whole body like arms legs back whatever you know mm -hmm. but i find if i could run between things i have a lot more like ease <laughs> and, and momentum transfer than trying to power through stuff yeah fair yeah now i like to cover ground i think like distance more than i like to yeah like, but exactly. but it's interesting yeah i think um but i think that's interesting because there is like sort of a you know with this with the capstone project there's always been kind of a split in a little bit of um there always will be probably between what a competition offers and what um you know a video apart or a video can do and mm -hmm. would you agree would you sorry, yeah, go for would it. you agree that like there is a certain flavor to all of the art of motion submissions this year not all of them but 90 mm. 80 so it's almost like you're watching the same athlete in a different body. Like a lot mm -hmm. of them, you know, the same skill set, same variety, same linking movements, same like creative choices. Yeah. Because there's become like a formula to competition lines and strategy. And a lot of people are more aware of that system now. And so then it becomes down. Like I would hate, I would have hated to be a judge this year because it's so hard to separate that stuff. Oh man, I did, I did. Like a, back in the day, was even just one know, of the Tempest Online's. It's the same problem. I was a judge for one of those, and I was like, "What am I like supposed to do with some of this? Like, it's just yeah." They, they, they did the same so moves difficult. in different order. I don't know how to, <laughs> know how to evenly. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, eventually, I just went with my taste. At the end of the day, I'm like, "Well, they wanted me to be a judge, and so this is what I like the most." And um, yeah. some of that is like, well, I know this movie's not harder, but it's more it's unique in some creative, way. Creative, yeah. different. Exciting. No, I, I would agree. I think like that's that's always been kind of the the relationship with competition is like it has this more. It reflects on itself, and it kind of like um, creates like a, a more specialized trending of the movement, and so people kind of mm -hmm. like get you can get sucked into a vortex there it's a good thing because it can like harden you and like discipline you and make you like into this extreme, you know, you don't see Ed Scott, like suffering his competitive nature, you know, for example, no, like he's no, clearly it's, like, it's he, he's, he's, Same it's taken him further to compete. But at the same time, he takes what he bring, he takes his comp competitive, uh, earnings, you could say, and he takes them outside and applies them in ways that are again, completely unique and fresh. And, mm -hmm. um, so I think they can definitely feed each other in both directions. I've always been most interested in, I think ultimately the what's, I think competition will always have to be a little bit derivative of what happens outside of competition because it's, um, yeah, like you said, it just becomes more organized oh, and then, yeah, the, the, the innovation happens more frequently in the streets because it's just, it's sure. more rebellious and it's more like, just whatever you like it's more open-ended exactly and i think there is a split as well between like if you look at 90 percent of the the capstone video it is more parkour based mm -hmm. and that's because there's a lot more mental and athletic side that goes into the parkour movements when it comes to those thunderous big movements there's a mm -hmm. capacity of like mental adequacy that you need with years of training to make yeah. sure you don't get hurt or be able to do it right 
Um, but then, you know, the same athleticism disciplines in free running, but then it becomes, as you said, more um, linear to the mindset of what goes on in there. It's, it's less about like stretching the definition. And I think how are you going to create competition courses that have arm jumps big enough for Kadori? To yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that was the other thing. It's like, you can't even, they're like, they're two different mindsets, right? Like you couldn't set up a competition where, where someone, not that, you know, like, but for, to take Kadori, for example, like it might yeah. take you 30, 40 minutes to do some jumps and you mm -hmm. might still do them. And maybe that's not like ideal for your training. Like, you know, he ended up being some, I, I know what he means. Like when you're like, I just took too long to do that. Sometimes yeah. you want it, but yes. even if it's not too long to do it, it's going to take some time. It's going to be, have to be on your time. It can't be on competition time to do some of the most ex explosive or exciting movements mm -hmm. that will ever happen or like the most death defying, you know, if there's things they, they can't set up a competition where someone could die, like, yeah, you know, yeah. from a, no. from a mistake that from any sort of yeah. <laughs> so, not acceptable. So unfortunately. yeah. <laughs> Or they could, you know, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> in death race, man, that could be a reality. Soon. It could be, you know, we might just get the bloodlust later in, in the generations of parkour where we just like, don't care. And that becomes part of it. I mean, certainly <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, well, and it could be just more violent even maybe it doesn't have to be death. You know, no one's died. You know, we got a UFC card coming up tomorrow as well. No mm -hmm. one's died in the UFC. People have died in mixed martial arts, but, but there is like a high level people are going to get injured in fights. Yeah and yeah, people yeah. are okay with that and i wouldn't necessarily i don't think that's in keeping with the the discipline of parkour because we're no, not, no. there's no reason for us to get injured if we're doing it right really yeah. you know and so. also in, in saying that just quickly in the caption yeah. video other than justin shin everybody was fine no injuries mm. wow that's amazing two. like right everyone came out clean and solid so that's, a, that's, that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's that's actually one of the best things that um to hear about that project but also what was i going to say about that was just sorry dude, just... no you're good you're good yeah. it was kind of irrelevant anyways you actually turned it on like interrupt like by your thought actually made me remember what it is what it is that i wanted to say which was oh your arm dude <laughs> uh -oh. your arm and your hip and things like your body has adapted in certain ways for i think it was it the jimmy the giant video maybe i think that did the future where we, I learned this about you that your body has sort of started to adapt to your training style in a way that, you know, as far as I know, is never is kind of unheard of. We have some calcification, like even my left hip, the hip that I tend to roll out of has yeah. a little bit of like a calcification on the bone because I've bumped it enough times or I've kind of like just hardened up that tissue to, mm -hmm. to take a better role, you know? And that's super fascinating to see what might, what might come of that? Like, can you tell me a little bit more about that? And like, obviously, you know, what amazes people so much about you is your ability to do so many consistently high level, high impact things and seem to be, you know, still accelerating in your, in your output. Like we talked about earlier, mm -hmm. what is it that your, your body is telling you these days about, you know, how do you, how do you stay in touch with not pushing it too far, but still pushing it? I mean, I still have uh, definitely times where I overtrain. Like even the last few days, I had like the front fascia of my foot like get really, really tight and kind of inflamed because mm. I, my hips were out of line and I just kept training through it. Mm. Um, like sometimes your pelvis can shift in its tilt, especially if you're doing stuff where you fall on your butt and yeah. knock it out. <laughs> um, 
But uh, yeah, so it, but what I found now at the age of 29 is that I've had to reduce the hours of training and hours on my feet than when I was 25. Mm-hmm. But I'm able to do a higher level and a higher output if I'm more focused on specifically that. So this year, and I think this is where you've seen the switch in media from the external is that I stopped training really and I started hunting. Mm. Um, because all the calcification stuff and all that stuff that's built up over years my ankles are almost like permanently swollen the fatty tissue around the outside of my heels is quite numb and like uh swollen in a way i don't know how to explain it really but (laughs) um during like uh during uh, isolation recently i um noticed that that was starting to deplete and i could feel my heel bone more through the joint and my ankles were going back to a more normal size Hmm. so there is a consistency that comes with building those calcifications Hmm. Um, but then, yeah, it is just like, uh, listening to your body and listening to what it needs. So I personally get the mental gratification out of doing the hard shit. So my body told me, okay, you can't keep just doing 30 to 50% output training all day because you'll wear yourself out. Hmm. I don't have the same stamina for that sort of stuff that I used to. Uh, especially like when I was 25, if I, I could push through like bruised heels and yeah. all sorts of injuries. But I would say I have severely less injuries now that I train a lot more tactically. Um, and I make sure that I almost break down every challenge uh, like to preparations and like finding those those correct notes more than I used to. Because I used to just be like, yeah, that feels right, bang. Mm. It's like, yeah, that feels right, but now I'm gonna go and do the work, come back, nailed it, perfect, less injury. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I totally relate to that. I know what it's like to have to kind of adapt that exact kind of strategy where it's like, I need to be a little more efficient with my energy and I need a little bit more certainty of, you know, minimal injury because yeah, you're just, your regenerative time is just a little slower. Like you just, like, like you said, you can't just push through swollen ankles or bruised heels or certain things. Your body says, no, we're going to, we're going to stop doing that today. <laughs> I mean, what's nice so far is that the, like the return, the regeneration stuff hasn't seemed to like, uh, like pro, uh, prolong itself. Like, uh, you know, it's still a day or two days and things seem to move away. Mm. And I'm like really vigilant with my mobility exercises and, uh, like a lot of massage therapy, like just self massage, like the tennis mm. ball and stuff and just trigger point yeah. work uh, and lots and lots of stretching, like. You either find me editing, stretching, or training. Like the, the three steps <laughs> right now. Um, like the only time that I'm not really in stretch mode is yeah when I'm editing and hunkered over the computer, and that's only a couple of hours at a time as well. So awesome, man. I mean, I, I definitely don't. You know, in my experience, I'm still I still have new heights to reach if I if I want to. You know, at, mm-hmm. at my age, yeah, and I'm approaching 33. So it's amazing to watch and just like kind of see you know, everyone taking it further, especially further in age, because it's just unclear yet what's possible. And again, because we have this mindset of like, we don't really know where the limit is. Yeah. It's just Spe- it's speaking really- of that kind of rebellious or resilient mindset to like what people say, like from my ice skating coach is that I definitely have this kind of defiance attitude to proving people of when the age of diminishing return is. Mm. Um, Cause I think like, you know, in a large sense, human society, definitely we cap where we think our physical capacity is. You know, we have a few standout people like look at David Goggins. He's probably more fit than he ever was at his age. Really. Yeah, exactly. Um, and if we continue to do so <laughs> as far as I can tell, you know, and, um, you know, there is awareness that comes with age and wisdom and that sort of thing. But 
realistically, even in professional sport, there's also these foreseeable ends, or this is like where the professional journey ends and parkour doesn't have that. Mm. And that was one of the things that really drew me to the sport because with ice skating, I was turning 18 and it's like, you got eight years left and then <laughs> you'll be a coach or that's, you know, or you didn't make it. And it's like, that makes no sense to me. So yeah. it was all about like training uh, and doing it. Like people would ask me like, oh, you know, how long do you think you can do this for? I'm like, forever. Like, that's the cool thing about it is that I can continue <laughs> to push that uh, until I'm like, you know, like Endes and I were doing training uh, in Germany once and he was like, bro, I'm going to be doing these pole strides till I'm like 80, 85. Like, because yeah. they don't require like anything but like particular placement and balance of ankles and stability. So yeah, no, yeah, I, just, I love that. The, the thing that, yeah, I, I'm trying to prove to people that, um, you know, that your your age limit is really a mental thing as well. Absolutely. I think Renee, Renee did a post about like, something, something, you know, when your body starts to blah, 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 it's 30. And I was like, <laughs> no, no, you will see. <laughs> yeah, no, man, it changes. The bar always moves and it moves because yeah. of people not believing where the bar is, is the truth. And that's like important, you know, it's important sure, not like, to like yeah. move it so far that you break yourself and become just another, you know, example. But there is, there is individual for the other level side, right? and individual like capacity yeah. for that, for sure. You can't just say everyone can go till they're 50 and everyone can go hard every day. But, but I mean, there clearly is Bo, whatever his name is, bit by bit, the former 47 year old freerunner. Now he's like 55 or something. I mean, whatever Bo. his name, Bo. Yeah. I'm following him. I mean, doesn't seem to be slowing <laughs> down and he's damn near nope. 60. And but yeah, no, he's the sickest, bro. He just hangs out with the London <laughs> lads. He's like one of the boys. He's literally like you wouldn't you wouldn't consider him to be older when we hang out. He's just such a sick dude. Like, wow, oh man, I, I would love to meet him and train. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it, I I totally agree, and I think it's that's one of the most fascinating things about the sport to me as well is just like it's completely open ended. There is no you can you can set the bar, you know, just by every day you participate, and we have lots of examples of people really pushing that. And, you know, I'm very curious to see where it goes, like, because we still we still don't have any of these paths figured out. Like we have a little bit of a YouTube path. We have a little bit of like in, ter in terms of who what archetypes will exist. But mm -hmm. also society's kind of changing too fast for us to really predict that. And so, you know, it's just like yeah, it's it's, it's really hard to with, with to we keep that. training. I mean, we'll see. The comforting thing when I look at it all is that the next generation seems to be vastly progress and improving uh from our generation which is like okay cool we're doing something right if the next generation is like hitting that level early mm -hmm. like you know you look at the fat guys you look at people like ellis Torhall, you look at kadori and you're like holy shit there is a, a whole new generation like in every country too i was in south africa there's like a bunch of young guys specifically one guy cameron group he's like professional level and he's been training like four years five <laughs> years it's just his capacity is so high because the base techniques have been transferred early mm -hmm. and the sport is progressing so that that's a really good sign regardless of where it goes it's, it's on the up <laughs> yeah always for sure um where do you think things will go like in terms of just the culture of things and like what we can expect to see like when, when you are 40 you know and you're do you have any ideas? Like, do you even plan for that? Do you think about the like uh, years and decades less, down less the road? Nowadays, I used to really like think about what the sport was going to be in five years and really like mm. where the culture and community would be. If there's one thing I've kind of come to my own personal realization is that the bubble's never going to pop people. We're always <laughs> going to be a slow expansion growth. Mm. And if we all just work at it, 
parkour will eventually be this worldwide uh, industry and established kind of sport and, and known entity. Yeah. But it's really like, for me, <laughs> I'm a simple guy. I just want to train every day and shoot content. And <laughs> if it doesn't affect me doing that, I'm not that bothered in which the direction of the sport goes because it isn't up to me. Yeah. It's up to the people involved and it's up to the, the masses and the community. And, you know, I've seen all of the, I wouldn't say political, but like, you know, different um, ethical battles that go on from within parkour. And look, uh, like I respect everyone's argument and everything, but I just don't have an opinion when it comes to it because I just want to go jump with my friends. <laughs> like, uh, like, you know, is it going to stop me from doing that? No, then I'm going to go do it. Like, yeah. yeah. No, I think <laughs> and not it's... think about that stuff. <laughs> it's healthy sometimes to do, yeah, especially if it's not your battle. It's like, I'm not fighting that one. That's not one. There's a reason about. for me to invest yeah. and kind of get on board with certain things. And I definitely will or take a stance. But until that stage, I don't think well, it's promoting the, the right mindset within the sport for people who want to get out there and just follow their passion and, and train intrinsically for the joy of, of parkour. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that very much. Um, and I think, yeah, like we, we will hit like, yeah, we're just going to keep expanding. Like you said, the bubble doesn't ever really burst. It just grows and grows, yeah. It's, it's, it's like a balloon. You know, it's just like, well, and then everything is like that as far as we can tell about the universe, anyway. So why would we expect parkour is different, right? We're expanding yeah, we're the universe, for this overnight expanding. success, snap. Like yeah. no, that, that was the initial shine, and then now we've just got to keep making it happen. Yeah, and you won't get the. I mean, like when I now that I am thirty and I'm not maybe um, surrounded by as many people that understand as I used to be. You know, I'll get the question all the time, like you said, and like, when you, you, how long are you going to keep doing this? Are you still doing that thing, that parkour thing? And I'm like, yeah, man, like eventually you won't ask that question because you don't ask somebody my age if they still ski, if they like skiing. You know what I mean? Or, or they still like, go to the gym. Or they really? still go to the gym or like, yeah, exactly. Anything. You're still exercising there, still- buddy? You still <laughs> keeping fit? Like, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, actually, I, I do. But, um. <laughs> But it's a fun journey to be a part of, that's for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and you have your own podcast, and that's part of what you're doing. You know, I haven't seen I, it. Yeah, just anything to anything to <laughs> kind of make the professional athlete thing work. Really, yeah, yeah. Um, putting myself out there was like a a big. Uh, almost like personal sacrifice in a way. Like I didn't want to be the guy talking to the camera. I didn't want to be like hosting everything or Mm. um, vlogging, but it just kind of made my own little compromises that made it like worthy or like, you know, fun for me or in a different way. Like you'll notice a lot of how I talk to the camera is like a, just like irregular, (laughs) erratic, ranting idiot. Like, like almost like the mask from Jim, uh, Jim Carrey's the mask. Like just, (laughs) and i'm fine with that because for me then it looks like you know it feels natural that i'm not trying to do something i wouldn't like you've hung out with me in person i'm literally exactly the same i just like invade your personal space and things (laughs) i just treat the personal camera like like the camera like i would a close friend you know what i mean yeah yeah inappropriately (laughs) (laughs) yeah man i remember last time we actually were on a mic and really in the same space i think was what was nepc 2004 16 15 yeah i don't remember i think 17 i think it's 17. 17 jesus yeah. um 17 <laughs> and uh that was super fun that was definitely a good time i hope to, to... in trouble for saying shinjina so hopefully <laughs> i can say that on your podcast <laughs> I, I mean i'm not gonna go back and bleep it or edit it unless you make me but yeah no that's <laughs> 
Well, I think that's like everyone kind of carries a certain energy, you know, that way that I kind of see it is like you represent a certain, a lot of things to a lot of people, but it's by being yourself, you know, and like the reason why you're successful is because you're authentically just, you're, you are that kind of guy, you are that guy, you push it, you push the boundaries a little bit. You're, you're going to push, you know, social boundaries a little bit too, if you're that way. And And uh, what was I going to say? It was just like, it's beautiful to watch because everyone that it kind of like embraces that side of themselves, I think, you know, they get to a level where they don't, they're even like, they're liberated more and more every time by it because eventually the positive feedback comes back through, you know, and you, you've worked through whatever. I mean, maybe you didn't feel like you ever had to do that, but dude, but it seems like you get everyone kind of has, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, growing up was the issue for me with insecurity like I was always trying to fit in and never really felt like I did and if there's any advice I can give to like younger people who are struggling to retain friendships or struggling to find that kind of social uh, stability and strength is that being yourself and you know without being malicious in any way just self-prioritizing and, and knowing what you want out of things um, and also just not letting uh that stuff run your life you know you don't need to be concerned with uh the relationships and friendships other than when you have like other than when you're involved in them don't go away and overanalyze the situation just do your thing (laughs) and if you can find your passion that's when it's really lucky because for me i just found parkour everything else went off to one side and then people started to respect me because i was doing my own thing and that's mm-hmm. the, when i stopped caring about whether people liked me i had more friends <laughs> <laughs> so, it's the know, only way gonna, that it works gonna, don't worry about it just yeah. go and do your thing and then you know be nice and that's that's how you're gonna make friends <laughs> yeah well spent well said what um what outside of i mean you are a simple guy like you said and your your life is you know training um preparing for training and you know sharing your content making the content Um, and I really do like your vlog. That was the other thing I was going to point out is like, it's, I actually really like your point of view because, because it's so kind of raw. It's like, it's, it was really interesting, for example, and I'm not saying, um, I liked even one or the other, but I was just like interesting to see the store version of your IMAX confront, for example, and then your version of it just as the two different vlogs. And Mm -hmm. you just kind of get like, you get an info you get by the same event, this monumental event, you know, happening, but from all the, and it wasn't just those two vlogs. I mean, there was lots of content coming out from all different points of view. That was a fascinating thing to watch because the maelstrom of that also revealed just kind of more about like, Oh, this is how people's content is because there is the thing that happened, you know, the, the move. And then there's all of people's like kind of perspective on how it happened and what happened. And you can see how, um, just everyone brings something different to the table and, and it yeah. shines a different cast, a different kind of light on it. And it helped me realize like why I watch store and why I watch your vlogs, you know, and I watch them for somewhat different reasons, but I love like that, you know, something like that, this, this big thing can kind of show me like, okay, this is what I'm going to go to if I want to feel that way or, or watch this kind of content or, or get yeah, this kind an of awe inspiring feeling and a wow feeling that you get when you watch stores content, even mm-hmm. if it is just, training stuff they have yeah. this stylized way of uh showcasing it but also presenting it 
chronologically and with the music and everything to build mm -hmm. the right emphasis. Mm -hmm. I would say simply, I just don't have that artistry and that's why mine are raw <laughs> and more comedic. Someone just yeah. wrote once like, your cutting in your music makes your videos more funny and less like F epic. And I was like, perfect, I'm gonna <laughs> lean into that. <laughs> just jarring cuts and stupid ins <laughs> and like, fuck it. I'm just going to make it like an ADD edit. Yeah. Just, this is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, no, <laughs> that was the title of a documentary I made. What happened? And mine was very yeah. much an ADD like edit just, style. Yeah. I mean, I tried to make it cinematic yeah. and pretty and stuff, but at the same time I was, I'm a little bit like caught in between that and that project because I was like, my editing style is also somewhat akin, akin, akin to yours, oh, which is just bro. like, Here's the, here's like the frames that I find interesting and nothing less or more than that. Like, yeah, just, I just put it all in project and then cut it all yeah. down to where I like, you know? this is that was a funny noise. I'll leave that in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah if, like exactly. I need to put emphasis. I just crop a little bit. It's easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you draw inspiration from other people outside the sport? Do you draw inspiration or like perspective or philosophy? Do you pay attention to, to any of that mindset stuff or is it something that you just live? Yeah, I don't really live. Like, I live and breathe parkour. Every other sport to me is inferior. Not inferior, I wouldn't say that. But, like, you know, is less interesting, less intriguing. Um, you know, in my spare time, I watch parkour videos. If I'm, like, I'm I'm a sucker for, like, Netflix series and, and jamming, like, garbage TV. But if I'm watching something on the internet, it's usually related to parkour or around parkour. Like, you know, when I'm here with the guys uh, that I'm staying with in Romania, every night we just watch a bunch of parkour videos. If we're not listening to music, it's... Parker, 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 and we're all talking about it. And I'm very obsessive over the one thing. And it's for two reasons is like one, you know, I, if I want to be the, the greatest athlete I can be to my full potential, I think there is like an obsessive nature that you need to have mm -hmm. uh, with, with that sort of thing. You need to keep your eye on the prize and, and always be pushing and progressing. But also like, um, I think to build an industry and to build a community now in this position that I've managed to somehow <laughs> provocate, like, I don't know how I became a guy in a sport and, you know, I meet people like, Oh my God, you've done like all this and all that. I'm like, well, jump and stuff like you, bro. Like I didn't, I didn't see it that way, but I've realized that I do have the power to kind of try and uh, grow the awareness of the sport and the industry. And so uh, the more I can do that, the more it's going to benefit all those people around me. So I stay really focused because now that I'm here, I think I can do a lot for other people within the sport. Uh, mm -hmm. And I try to by just using my platform to kind of continue the growth of parkour. Yeah, well, it's appreciated for sure. I think that's, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't be here without the community, man. Like I wouldn't have had, if you listen to Jimmy's story, mm. heavily reliant on the community's uh, support to get to where I am. Like, in my opinion, I think uh, I'm super thankful for the friendships and opportunities that have arisen through just members of the community and people reaching out uh, to offer that sort of thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's one of the things, you know, it's weird because I don't know what you think of this, but like one of the things I, I think I, I differ in, like I've always, I came to the parkour community somewhat as an adult, you know, I was 21 when I started training and yeah that gave me sort of a unique experience because uh, most of the people that I knew and wanted to train with had been doing it since their early teens or mid teens. And that was their identity. And I always felt a little bit like, Oh, I'm not sure if this is like something I can fully adopt because so I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I love the parkour community <coughs> like to no end. 
And at the same time, I've never identified as a parkour person. And I don't really want to identify. And that's not because I don't love parkour. It's not because I want to identify as some other group. But um, mm -hmm. this is like a, just a philosophical question that's lived in my mind for a couple of years now. It's just like I don't want to identify as any group. Like the same way we don't want to put limits on our training and what's possible in it. I don't want to put limits on like what kind of person in life I can experience. And uh, I guess I just wanted to hear your thoughts on, on that. Like do you, do you see yourself as – how do you see yourself? Do you have an identity that you? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, <cool. laughs> um, so I like I had I guess I've always been this really overly passionate, committed person to parkour. Even since I started the first two years, I didn't meet anybody from the community, but I had lots of people to train with because everyone I met, I was like, I'll teach you how to backflip. Let's do parkour. Let's get training. My like just need to do it would exude yeah. others into getting involved. But then uh, I had a conversation with Bill Doyle. Mm. And his, you know, I was asking him about, uh, like his history of things. And he said the same thing as you. He's like, didn't want to be Phil the Parker guy. I just wanted to be a normal person. I just want to be a person. So I'm not limited in my output and options like that. Mm. And so I just kind of got on board with my like mentality. Oh, uh oh, hold on a sec. You're, you're, you're frozen on my end here. Maybe. Okay. Got me yeah okay sorry uh you were telling your story you said um you had a conversation with phil and then shit hit the fan okay cool so <laughs> yeah i was having a conversation with phil and he was saying he didn't want uh to like growing up i was asking like why did you kind of leave not leave the community but kind of leave being a prominent figurehead in the sport and, and pushing the sport like the mm -hmm. way you were and he said he got to 18 he wanted to do other things really but also there was a little bit of like he didn't just want to be phil the parkour guy like you said he didn't want to have this one thing that labeled him as a definitive human and after that i, I like took some reflection i was like i think to be the person i want to be within the sport and for the sport i'm gonna just commit to you can synonymously identify me and parkour as the same thing i mm. live breathe eat shit it I'm all about like the community morale and the culture of the sport more than I am about any sort of industry or growth uh, value for, for like, how can I make an income? How can I monetize my platform? How can I be somebody hmm. or be, like, I don't care about that shit. I just want to train. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to be that whole physical embodiment of parkour and just, just promote it and live and breathe it. And you can see me and be like, that's the front flip guy. You can see me and be like, that's the, the <laughs> The, the parkour guy that's fine like i honestly like i love it that much and you know it's probably going the way of all my relationships but i love it that much that this is that's the thing that i'm happy to be identified as mm. <laughs> of all your relationships is that what you said uh relationships have just oh. yeah never never been great with the lifestyle choice but like you know it's uh parkour is my first love and that's that's how committed i am to just being <laughs> only about parkour. married to the game Married to the game, man. I love it too much. <laughs> you know, I admire that. I respect that. And I think it's, it's a, yeah, it's, it's certainly, um, it's cool, man. It's, it's cool that that's how you feel about it. I think, you know, it's just what it is. Yeah. Um, I, I like after that conversation was like, you know what? I think I am that guy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, people stave off being that guy. Nah, it's like, I, I obviously know I offer a lot more than just being a parkour person personally. And that's why I think I'm happy to, when you know what you like about yourself, you're happy to identify as whatever to others because it doesn't mm. fucking matter. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I think if, yeah, if you if you feel that that's, you're like, I don't give a shit. I think it's really good and healthy to not give a shit what anyone identifies you as. 
I was, mm-hmm. I, I, and, and, I'm, it's parkour, and you're right? like, for me, I am that parkour. Like, <laughs> like yeah. I am it. Yeah. That's, uh, that's amazing, dude. Because yeah, I don't know what it is that makes you that and makes Phil not that and me not that. Um, and, and, you know, but it's authentic to you. It's clear. And it's authentic. I think to Phil to, to not take that path, although he's still, yeah. you know, super involved and, you know, he's in the capstone project and, he There's is who a he certain is, level and he's of still... like you get to a certain point for sure where you're like, is this my whole life and who I am? Or and a lot of people, I think, at that point take a step back and they, you know, parkour takes a secondary priority to living life as a whole yeah. because you learn all these internal strengthening messages from parkour. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I just love doing the sport enough that I was like, ah, committed. <laughs> Put a ring on it. <laughs> <laughs> Put a ring on it. Put a ring on Dom. Are you um? Are you in? I don't want to ask. I you know. I don't know. What, I don't want to get too personal. But are you in relationship now, or are you just um? I'm no longer in a relationship. I was for two years previously, and excellent woman. But again, I just think, you know, I wanted different things with life and the sport and that sort of thing. And it's yeah. just so hard with the spontaneity and how much now I live in the moment of like oh, I'm just gonna do this. Like mm. I'm in Romania right now. And that only really came about like a month ago when I was like in South Africa and needed somewhere to go before I could go to England. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> it's just, I just go with the the wind and it's much harder to do that eat with anybody attached, not just, you know, yeah. my or anything. Like with no, any yeah, sort of relationship, of man, it's, 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 it's a difficult thing. And I, you know, I honestly don't think I can give the enough attention to another human uh, currently anyway, um, that I'm giving to the sport and the community and everybody involved in it that, yeah, I just, I don't have the split. So no, I think that's, that's, I think that's really honest and superhuman of you because I've experienced in my growth through the sport. Um, it's definitely hard and there is sacrifices that must be made like on one end or the other, you know, and, and in regards to like what kinds of connections you can have either to the discipline and your practice and to other people. It just is what it is. I don't think you can cover all bases. Oh shit, you're frozen again. Hello? Fucking Zoom. Fucking Zoom. Piece of shit. Yes, back? We're back. I did a rant. Goddamn rant on Zoom is piece of shit software. I mean. Keeps happening. I don't know. It only ever actually. This is the first time. You're just too much, dude. You're too much hotness for the. I've never actually dropped a call completely on Zoom, so. <laughs> it might have also just been the fact that you're on completely the other side of the world with what you're in Romania, right? So. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> decent internet, but like, uh, yeah, I don't know how the connection is. Anyways, I was uh, when we when we got disconnected, I was just saying like, I think it's honest, and I think it's really really true and in at least in my experience that <clears throat> sacrifices must be made um on either end of or, or on some end you know like you you can have a deep connection to your practice and ideally you can have a deep connection to somebody else but it, you know depending what they want out of a relationship it, it's just there's not enough bandwidth to go around for for yeah, ever, yeah, like everyone's needs to you be hear met. about lawyers and stuff who sacrifice and surgeons and stuff who sacrifice all their time for their job and it's like why just because mine isn't, you know, necessarily paying millions of dollars, why isn't it just as important to me as a human to to be that obsessive over what I'm doing and that that committed to it? Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, it, it's um, and it's 
you know and i think i think it's it's like we ought to recognize that because you know when you do give a lot to the sport and i'm not trying to like blow smoke up your ass but it's just like you you the the fact that you do push the sport it's like that's for you but it's also you know we all benefit from it like you said like when when <clears throat> when someone gets to a million helplessness <laughs> huh? yeah it's exactly you know you can't help others unless you're helping yourself but if you're helping yourself sometimes you can really help others and there is a sacrifice there you know um and certainly you know it, i've seen it play out you know in in number of ways but you know with parkour it takes it's it's not that it's completely unique but it is a very high energy practice you know it takes a lot of power takes a lot of attention and it takes a lot of discipline to really push it especially these days you gotta be fucking kidding me with this zoom shit <laughs> i'm gonna freak out on zoom all right you there all right, let's see. All right, all right. we don't know how much time we have <laughs> fucking zoom has got us on a like a, a gun to our head so um yeah anyhow it's a crazy balance thank you so much for being a part of this one i'm gonna let you wrap, up, wrap this up and, and catch the sunset in romania um is there yeah, anything else yeah. you want to share nice colors yeah i bet oh my god the rooftops probably are crazy out there mm -hmm. and low low uh like resistance to climbing from the, the locals like a lot of uh like people don't really give a shit if you're on the roof so it's like well, that's cool <laughs> yeah hell yeah gotta love that eastern european culture um mm -hmm. Yeah, brother. Until next time, you know, obviously um, we'll be watching and thank you for everything you do. And um, we'll see you on the on the gram and hopefully in Australia or, or maybe if you make it out to Colorado one of these days, that'd be great. I do plan. Hopefully 2022 will be more U.S. heavy. That's uh, my, my goal. Do want to get Good. some time over and actually like see all the different cities that I haven't seen so far yeah yeah no Not all of them but a lot of them <laughs> where the path <laughs> is good <laughs> well i'll get you uh you know a thank floor you, to sleep bro. on if you need one and um you know yeah thank you for inviting me on man i appreciate it a lot like it's, it's always great to chat and great to catch up and see your face and talk some shit so yeah likewise brother yeah it's been a good it, let's go at least let's try to get res to put us on the next broadcast again and uh, yes <laughs> for sure for and sure i want to do more Vancouver. hosting fuck yeah <laughs> all right man <laughs> Much love Big to love, you. Man. Good I'll to talk see to you soon. All right, cheers, brother. Joey. Take it easy. Yeah, you too. Woo! All righty. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks, Dom. Really appreciate the time. Thank you, Zoom, for making this possible and for fucking everything up at the end as well. It was good timing because he had to go get that sunset. Um, even though it infuriated me and now I have to edit this episode, um, which I never do. And <laughs> I guess I could just leave it. It's like, it's the most choppy, gross thing, but I won't do that to you guys because I love you. And I really appreciate the support the podcast has gotten, you know, over the years to grow to, um, you know, the modest amount of following we have, but you know, the engagement that I get, even if it's just a comment here or there, whatever, uh, in person or online, I really appreciate that some of you guys are listening and still paying attention to this journey. And it was really great for Dom to help reignite the the channel. Um, it's been on a bit of a hiatus and I hope to be releasing more content this summer and fall. So look out for that. Much love until then. <laughs>